Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. I also command that you keep listening to Adrian Has Issues. Hey everybody, you are listening to Adrian Has Issues, the conversational podcast celebrating the culture of creativity. I'm pleased to welcome back today's guest, uh, Cody Carpenter. Cody is a third-generation musician and has lent his unique talents to a plethora of projects, including the Lost Themes trilogy. Uh, the most recent was released um, this year, correct? Yes, that's right. That you co-wrote, co-produced, and performed uh, with your father, John Carpenter, and Daniel Davies. And throughout the years, Cody has been producing and performing a series of these magnificent instrumental albums in the vein of jazz fusion and progressive rock to list a few uh, 2019's Force of Nature and 2020's Control, uh, which was the third release through Blue Canoe Records. That same label just released your latest release, uh, Memories and Dreams, which if I had to sum it up in one word, it would be addictive. <laughs> oh, great. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Cody, for stopping by. It's always great to chat with you. And uh, again, this is great. We had this opportunity to sit down and talk. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I've known about you, at least in both our previous conversations and also just listening to your work, you approach music from a storytelling background. And I think that's something that I've always loved, whether it's through the Cody Carpenter stuff and also your music through your pseudonym Ludrium. So mm -hmm. matter of fact, uh, as of last year, you re had released a concept album called The Legends of Ludrium, uh, which was also really good. Um, those listening should check that out. So with Memories and Dreams, both musically and also just the approach, I've noticed this takes on a dare I say, more optimistic tone to it. So I don't know if you want to get into a little bit of your inspiration behind like this collection of music. The latest album, yeah, it's, it is a bit more optimistic. Going with the, the title of the album, it's definitely an uh, introspective album, maybe more so than the, the previous albums. But like the other albums, there's a number of different kind of feelings on it, a number of different moods and musical styles on it. You know, there's the more progressive rock stuff and there's a little more fusion stuff and there's some kind of game music stuff. And um, this one's kind of uh, more in the realm of fantasy. And um, I had the same artist do the covers for all of them. And uh, of course, I love what he did for this new one. And I think it really fits really well with um, the feeling of the album. The album art alone tells a story, which I thought is really cool. Yeah, definitely. So his name, he goes by the um, the artist name of Mizo, M-I-Z-O. He's an amazing artist. Uh, it's hard to really appreciate the level of detail just from seeing it like on a screen. Right. But when you when you see the actual picture in person, it's pretty astounding just how much detail he puts into his artwork. And he, you know, it takes him a long time to finish one piece. It's really, uh, I'm, I'm really lucky to have him do the uh, artwork for my albums. It's just, uh, he's so amazing. Something you talked about and something actually we talk about quite a bit, in addition to, of course, your appreciation of music and all of its forms, um, you're also a pretty big gamer. <laughs> That's right, yes. So I thought 
it was interesting because again listening to like force of nature and control and even interdependence listening to this one and at first i didn't want to say it because i don't know if you've ever had this people will sometimes say oh this sounds like a video game but i actually think that's a awesome thing and i don't know me personally mm. i've been inspired by video games my entire life without even realizing that they did and even going through the track listing like for the moment that like attract mode which is the uh the first uh, song on the album starts. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm on like, you know, a menu screen of like the best <laughs> RPG I haven't played yet. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I can't get away from the influence of the music I was into growing up. You know, I, I don't think any of us can really. I played a lot of games when I was young and it had a huge influence on me. So that aesthetic, that feeling kind of goes through everything I do really. And um it shines through on a number of tracks on this album, for sure. And especially, like you said, the first track. And that's that's why I named that one a track mode. It's, you know, it's a reference to the old arcade machines when they used to have this kind of demo that would t- try to entice you to come play the game. Right. Um, that would play over and over again. And And I don't take it as an insult or anything like that when someone says, you know, your music sounds like video game music. Because I I know that's that's where I'm coming from, uh, you know, and I, it's uh, it's what it is, you know. And I think this is a perfect time, and it's funny that having this conversation versus um, our first one and then even a second, as the time has gone on, video game music has been at least to me really starting to come into its own where. The community is really starting to build, and I think it's in a constant state of building, and it's been very supportive, and I just appreciate that all those hours and hours that I spend playing these games, winning these games, losing at these games, and yet now there's an entire group of people that I can connect with. And of course, it starts with our mutual love, but even just seeing how this music has been interpreted in so many different styles, like I just, I couldn't have asked for a better scenario. When you think about it, when we were younger, video games were not really accepted as mainstream. There were even uh, adults who who were kind of worried that it was going to, you know, corrupt the young generation or something like that. <laughs> they might have been right, but maybe not in the way they thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I think you're right. But nowadays, absolutely, it's a um, legitimate form of entertainment, and uh, there's all sorts of you know, amazing things being done. Um, there's more mainstream stuff. There's more niche stuff. There's independent stuff. There's, you know, a major stuff. It's just, it's a part of human existence now uh, in a very uh, major way. To me, I'm still just completely blown away. Um, I remember, oh gosh, it might've been like a month or two ago when they had announced the sequel to the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I didn't even know they had one. They announced one. I just thought it was one wild that we're even getting a sequel, but the teaser video, of course, is showing the logo and like the number two, you know, has the two tails, you know, referencing um, the character tails. But it's also Mm. playing that main lick from Emerald Hill Zone. Mm. I had to take a moment and just really take it back that like, I love that song, but now this is being put in like a, a major motion picture. And I'm just like, is this real? Is this really happening? Like. Well, you know, for me, that kind of thing is is a mixed a mixed bag because you know what's happening is you have these you know businessmen and women uh, who are making decisions based on what's going to sell, you know, what's going to pull people into uh, the theater. Well, not the theaters now, I guess now it's streaming, but 
so they're working at making things that are already established, you know, like uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise is obviously an established franchise. So, at, at, you know, at one hand, I'm happy that obviously that they're they're doing these things and it's becoming so mainstream. But on the other hand, I know it's really done for the money. You know, I hate to say it, but uh, it's the same reason they they remake everything. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's not not as pure for me. Which I understand. Like, and I definitely do have those thoughts myself. Because on one end, I always wanted this stuff as someone who got made fun of. Mm. Kids would often kind of look at you funny. Oh, you play video games or, oh, you know, you're into comic books, things like that. But I guess there's always that back and forth of, is it being accepted in the right way? Because I I guess things can and will often be commodified. So, yeah. Mm. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's like the the kid in me cheered, but then the adult in me went, hmm. <laughs> but then <laughs> but then I'm wondering, is the adult wrong or is the kid wrong? Or is it just like, is there a way to meet in the middle? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I can be too cynical about these kind of things. I, You know, it, above all, it's great that these franchises are continuing, you know, that they're not dying completely. Um, I think that's a really positive thing. But it does now give me a little bit more context in the music that you create, because like we had just said, one of the things that it is influenced by is gaming and that's not necessarily making it in the you know tradition of like let's say remixes or covers which i mean you do also do that like i'm still blown away by like the stuff you post online i mean you also turned like one of the themes for i think it was like the ninja turtles arcade um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i thought that was really well done but it's sort of finding a way to take what you love and make it more acceptable, but also, I guess, in an indirect way. Yeah. It's less about you trying to, like, remake the video game music, which, again, no shade in any of that, because, like I said, I've talked to many people who do just that, but yours is a little bit more of, like, an indirect way of doing it. So I, th- I think there's definitely multiple schools of thought on that. Yeah. You know, I should say that it's it's not a conscious decision on my part. You know, for these series of uh, albums... I I don't limit myself and I don't really have a mission. You know, it's really, I'm just making music because I I want to and I can, I have the resources available to me. So there's really not like a conscious decision to do anything. I'm just kind of producing whatever comes out, uh, if that makes sense. And it just happens to sound like this or it happens to be influenced like this. You know what I mean? It's not, uh, I'm not doing it on purpose. (laughs) But I think sometimes some of the best stuff happens by accident. I mean, you're not necessarily intending it to make a particular statement, but from listening to Memories and Dreams, you and I should also mention your team. Um, You also have drummers. uh, Let's see, you have Scott Seaver, you know, Virgil Donati, Jimmy Brandy, of course, Jimmy Haslip, who's worked on your other stuff on bass. You know, you say this, you weren't doing this stuff on purpose, but this album like you really are you know you and your uh, bandmates are having the most absolute fun like from the minute it starts it just sounds like everybody's keyed and everybody's in the zone at this point everybody's just feeling it and i almost was wanted to go like track by track and really just how to get your ideas about each of the albums so i mean we already talked about a track mode but i don't know if you want to go into a little bit of uh kindness of the goddess which is another great one kindness of the goddess i i wanted to um I don't know. It opened with such a kind of energetic and uh, really game track. So I kind of wanted to bring it down and immediately give the listener 
uh, a little bit more, what's the word, uh, variety as to what they're they're expecting uh, right. to listen to in the rest of the album. So it's a little bit a little bit softer and a little bit more emotional or something like that. But um, it's one of the few albums that has uh, acoustic piano on it. I'm sorry, not albums. One of the few tracks that has acoustic piano on it. The title kind of invokes uh, just a very fantasy uh, image for me and whatever it invokes for the listener. That's that's kind of what I'm going for. There's two tracks that, at least to me, kind of serve like interludes, um, you know, depth and no. Yes, you're absolutely right. They're, they are interludes. You know, one thing with this album and it's super high energy. There's a lot of uh, busy keyboard lines and stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to give uh, the listener kind of just a little break from all the, you know, fast, uh, you know, the drumming and then just, I don't want to overload the listener, even though it probably doesn't really make a difference. But yes, you're right. They're, they're both interludes that uh, kind of just move the story along, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like the more I think about this, this album, and I don't know if this was intended, it really does feel something of a little bit of a companion piece to The Legend of Ludrium. Mm. And something I've noticed with people, um, there was a friend of mine, I know they were a big fan of what they refer to as, you know, conceptual continuity. Things mm. that even if they don't intend to have a narrative, in a way, like, I guess the way our, our minds work and the way we sometimes approach creativity is that there is a through line of certain things. So Legend of Ludrian, which is, I guess, more intended to be something conceptual, um, whereas mm-hmm. this one I know isn't, but yet it does really sort of feel like a, almost like a follow-up or even like a, a next chapter in that same story. Yeah, and I wrote both of those albums at around the same time. So maybe if it wasn't conscious, it came out that way. I think the, the main difference between the two albums, and this has nothing to do with uh, concept or anything like that, is simply that this album, Memories and Dreams, has uh, other live musicians on it. Whereas the Legend of Ludrium album, I wanted it to be more game-like. And so the only real instruments on the album are guitar and bass, and it's all me. So those are really the only differences between the album. And since they were made at the same time, I think you're right. There's probably um, some sort of unconscious connection that I did while I was making them. And one of my favorites, I, I almost wanted to do a whole podcast on this track, Dimensional Crossings. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you and your team really went the extra mile on this one. And I don't know, maybe I'm just a sucker because I, I am a huge fan of you know, heavy prog elements, but I, I really want to know the story behind creating this one. I'm really happy to hear that, honestly. Um, this is kind of the, it's the meat, the like the real star for me as well. And I'm, I'm really happy with how it came out. I think it has the most uh, feeling of a story to it, if any of the songs do. This one took me the longest to make because I just kept adding to it and adding to it. And it just became more and more involved. And uh, the sections kept expanding and um, it originally just started with that kind of opening section. And then I had a uh, just kind of a three minute tune, but I felt it didn't really do it justice. And I wanted, I just kept on having ideas building on it. Right. Um, it has like an arc to it, you know, it, the, the way it's structured and it, uh, I, I'm really happy with how that one came out. I, and I'm happy to hear that uh, you enjoyed that one too. 
the way I had wrote it down in my notes was if attract mode was the opening menu, this would be the boss fight, <laughs> you know? Oh like, yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> like it really did have that sort of intense of like everything that we're listening to is building to this moment. But even mm. then it still doesn't do so in a way that is like deterring the rest of the album. It, you know, it's not necessarily meant to be like this oppressive piece. It just really is just building to this, like this climax. And mm. I like the way you set up your track listings, not even just the music the artists create, but where it falls on the album to me mm. is something that is really important. And that, yes, you can put these songs on an album, whether they be five tracks or 15, but to me, I feel like they should at least follow some sort of thread, some sort of narrative, some sort of like mood, whether you're building up to something or you're, you know, you're, you know, letting them down gently, mm. but you've done it with the last few. It continues here. And if you don't mind me saying, it's kind of brilliant. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you. I, I, I completely agree with you about, you know, the importance of order of the, I mean, the song order on the, on an album. And I, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what order I wanted for these tracks when I was just writing everything and doing and had the demo songs to give to the other uh, musicians, I had a very different order in mind. Well, not very different, but kind of different order in mind. But the way everything came out and the, and the performances everyone did, it really didn't feel how I thought it was going to feel initially. And so it took me a long time to come up with the, this order. And um, I think uh, it also has to do with... Um, you know, I had three drummers on this album and they're very different sounding in just sonically. Uh, right. So I, I didn't, I had to really keep that in mind where I wanted to put the different drummers to give the album. You know, I didn't, I didn't want it to be too splintered just because there's so many different musicians. I wanted it to be kind of unified. I don't know if I succeeded or not, but that was my intent. Um, so, it, yeah, anyway, it, it, I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about the order. The fact that you have three drummers on this and your approach to this, you know, how did that change? Because, I, like I said, I know you've worked um, with someone before and I know you've especially worked with Jimmy before. Mm. You know, when it came to approaching this, um, you know, how much direction do you really give your musicians or is it improvisational? So usually what I do is I'll do a, a demo of the whole song and I'll, you know, I'll have drums, bass, guitar, I'll do everything. Uh, the drums that would be program drums, like kind of fake sounding drums. And so they'll use that as reference. And then, you know, they'll do a take or something, send it to me and I'll, maybe I'll give them a couple of notes or maybe I usually don't cause everyone's just so awesome. Uh, and, uh, and that's basically how it goes. It's um, you know, these guys are, are such incredible musicians. I, it's not like I'm going to say, wait a sec, you know, you're going the wrong way. It, it that has never happened. And I don't think it would happen. This isn't your first rodeo. I mean, you sort of, I, I guess at this point, you've already built a relationship. You already built a rapport. But I also know sometimes with doing something a lot, you know, there comes an expectation and not one from like a public, you know, not necessarily like a reviewer or blogging saying, oh, is Cody going to do something different? But sometimes mm. you also want to challenge yourself. You also want to do something maybe a little bit unexpected. So I don't know if that kind of played a little bit into it as well. One of the differences, just in terms of drummers from the last album, is uh, Jimmy Branley played, I think he played more on this album than he did last time so it's it's more balanced i think scott siever played 
on most, uh, not most, but uh, the majority of the tracks on the previous album. So it's just, um, it's just a different feel. And, you know, like I said, these guys are just so amazing. I've been so fortunate to get Virgil Donati uh, for one track on, on each of these albums. I think I got him for every, every album. And, um, you know, his song is always special just because he's, his style is just, just so incredible. And uh, he really, he leaves his mark on every track that he does for me. I just, it's just, I'm so, so fortunate to, to be able to work with, with guys like him. <laughs> See, I don't know how you do it. Cause I know I'd probably listen back to these tracks. I'd probably geek out like I normally do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like I wow. Do. <laughs> it's like this sounds great. It's like I know you're a part of it. You're helping write this. I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, you know, it because it all started with the first album. It started when I was talking with Jimmy Haslip, and I was like, you know, I was thinking of doing an album with you know other actual musicians, and he's like, yeah, I can introduce you to this guy. I can introduce you to this guy, and so it's really thanks to him that I've been able to work with these uh, musicians. Without him, I, I, it probably, uh, it probably be a very, very different uh, four, uh, four <laughs> album series. Yeah. In your dynamic with Jimmy, and I think your chemistry really comes through on this one. And with each album, like it becomes, I think, even more and more symbiotic. And like you two really have this great rapport musically. And I don't know. I, I guess maybe with me, I, I was always a firm believer that like your rhythm section could either make or break your music. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah but definitely. jimmy's bass is otherworldly like i really do like what you guys have done in this so much and also you know you really went off on this one like your synths dude like what <laughs> <laughs> i sometimes i'm not sure if especially on this one when i listen to it back i'm not sure if i went a little overboard there's a lot of uh just uh fast lines and uh i don't know i just hope it doesn't doesn't overload anybody no, I think it's quite the opposite. And I think that the release of this album, kind of what I got out of it was, considering the release of it, you know, it's spring and, you know, at least in some capacity, we're starting to at least work towards, you know, kind of coming out of a, a very tumultuous year for mm. a lot of people. And I think this, to me, came at a, a really good time where I'm at least very receptive to something like this, where it is energetic, it is vibrant, and while you may say it's going overboard, it's like that burst of energy because I spent the better half of a year in one place, both physically mm. and sometimes mentally. So to mm. have this um, album that is literally just nothing but just energy to spare, mm. I think that's okay. Like you know, like I think it's this is the time if you were going to release anything like this, this this would be the perfect time because I think you just need something that just kind of matches that bottled up energy that you know mm. when that's unleashed this is kind of what it sounds like and it's not energy in a violent way it's not in an angry way it's not in a like there's no ill intent it's all just appreciation and dare i even say love mm. at least that's kind wow. of how i interpreted it yeah i'm i'm really happy to hear that um i didn't mean to get so overly poetic with it but <laughs> no no it's really great to hear that i that that makes me really happy this is starting to become one of my favorite series. And as much as I like the Lugium stuff, these albums are, are really starting to paint a picture. And now I'm kind of coming at this with the, I can't wait to see where it goes from here. Well, thank you very much. Um, I could tell you that um, I've already written uh, what may be the next album in this series. I've, I've written it. I'm still not 
haven't taken the next steps yet, but um, there's definitely <laughs> definitely things on the horizon for this kind of series. If I know anything about you is, you know, you're always working on something. And even if it's not necessarily something for like a wide, you know, public release, you know, like any creator, you never really stop creating, even if the thing you're making isn't necessarily like something that, you know, you're releasing to the public or even selling necessarily. But so I am really interested to, to hear what comes next. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so something, of course, we were just, we kind of were talking about gaming. So something <laughs> I actually have been really interested in is um, what have you been playing lately, if anything? You may crack a smile. Um, I recently downloaded, they, they uh, re-released Monster Rancher 2 for the Switch. Did they? For anyone that doesn't know, this is a PlayStation 1 game released in, the I think, the late 90s. Around the time, I think, it was about the same time when the first Pokemon game was released. Uh, I could be wrong about that. But uh, it's kind of a, uh, you know, monster. You raise your your little creature and you battle him. You send him out to battle and things like that. So anyway, I downloaded it. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know how this happened, but I've become addicted to it. <laughs> Those games in general, like when Pokemon came out, there were a lot of games that were similar to that that kind of captured that same vibe. And actually, matter of fact, um, you and uh, Mark Day worked on a soundtrack for a game that came out on the Switch recently, right? Absolutely. Um, thank you for bringing that up. I think now it's been released on uh, everything, not just Switch now. I think PS4 and and even the PlayStation Vita, believe it or not. Get out of here. That See, that's even, even cooler because I know there are some people who listen <laughs> yeah. that are some Vita fans. They're out there. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, um, so the game is called uh, Astro Aqua Kitty. It's a kind of like a shoot 'em up RPG, I guess you could say. Um, I'm personally a big fan of the game myself, regardless of the fact that I contribute a little bit of music to it. It's super fun. It's just super fun if you like that kind of game. That's really cool. And I'm glad that, of course, you and Mark Day collaborated. Um, matter of fact, um, actually, your first appearance on here was talking about Shadow Spirits, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, yes, yes. And that one has been in my rotation. And it's funny, I was riding around one day and like um, my girlfriend and the kids are like, we're riding around. They're like, what game is this from? And it's like, um, it's not a game. It's like, wait, what do you mean it's not a game? It sounds like a game. It's like, yes, but it hasn't been released. Like, so when is it coming out? And I'm like, <laughs> so now everybody's been itching to, to play this game that I had to tell them um, doesn't quite exist. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they love the music, though. And that then brings me to my next question is, are you, because I, I know that's something that you have done in the past, but is there interest to even continue doing more like composition for video games specifically? Absolutely. If the opportunity came to me, I, I'd absolutely love to do it. It's really great working with Mark just because he's he's just brilliant in, in, uh, in his songwriting and his arrangements and things like that. I'd love to do another one with him. Absolutely. Um, and we still have to do, uh, you know, Shadow Spirits. It, it come. It came with the title Volume 1, which means we have to do a Volume 2 sometime, right? I mean... Oh, that would uh, be magnificent. I'm already in, <laughs> so let me know when that's happening, and I'm definitely hitting that button on Bandcamp. <laughs> okay, I... Uh, I, I hate to say we there, we haven't even talked about it, but uh, uh -huh. I just... Uh, <laughs> that's okay. You can't... Sometimes you can't rush it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that'll happen sometime. No doubt. And, you know, if the fact that you've been working on so much, you know, is just a testament to your talent, skill, and also dedication. You know, that's not easy. And I, I know I say that a lot on the show, but it's not. I mean, sometimes oh, people right. can make it sound easy, 
so that doesn't always come through because sometimes like I'll watch just videos of musicians and I'm saying to myself, that's really good. But then I'm pretty sure if I were to have that same guitar or that same, you know, keyboard, what have you, and try to play that those same series of notes, uh, you get a, a, a little bit different experience. A lot more swearing, probably a lot more frustration <laughs> on my end. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I should, I, I should, uh, admit though to be honest that the um you know the whole pandemic has it's slowed me down it's it's uh i hate to say it but it's it's sapped a bit of my creative energy i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of getting back into the groove a little bit now but it's been rough for everyone you know um i'm just glad it looks like things are getting better right slowly but surely you know and i admit that I, I also have that cynic nature in me. So, you know, definitely no shade to what you were saying earlier, but I'm trying to be optimistic that it is getting better. But from a creative standpoint, you know, and most of the guests that I've had on the show, especially this year alone, you know, talking about those very things about the fact that I don't I don't have any sort of roadmap to kind of guide and navigate through a glo uh, global pandemic. That's nothing that, I, that was ever yeah. on any of my notebooks. So right. the fact that people are even still making things at all, because I know for me, like I shut all the way down, like very mm. little was happening. Like even playing video games was almost like this weird act of defiance. That's something I do almost daily. Picking up a controller mm. is just kind of like picking up my phone. But mm. to even just sit down and play a game and stay focused was like, you know, I'm sitting there holding the controller and like my hands are sometimes shaking because it was a lot to deal with. So mm -hmm. the fact that there's people that are still creating and, you know, releasing things or sharing things, this may sound like a skipping record to people who listen to the show a lot, but I also just want to point out that that's, that takes a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why when I was saying earlier about this album kind of feels like maybe a pent up um, energy or maybe sometimes like maybe even a little bit of frustration that's kind of put out, but in this very vibrant you know, welcoming way. Like, I, I feel like that's sort of your testament to being like, look, you know, we, we went through the worst, but, you know, you're still doing it. You're still here. And the creativity coming out of this will f be forever changed. And there's no way to mm. kind of not talk about that and as well as address it. Like, this will be something that we'll have to process for years. And art yeah. is always a way to do that. So thank you. And also, you know, to the rest of your team for putting together this great album because um it's definitely been uplifting for me to listen to oh well just i mean thank you for uh thank you for enjoying it it's just it's great to hear yeah like and i i mean granted i could talk your off on a whole bunch of things but before we go i do have to ask one question though so mm -hmm. you get a call xyz company is like you know we want you to score a game past the present remake doesn't matter What's mm -hmm. what what game are you going with? What would be like your dream <laughs> score to compose? Oh boy. Oh wow. That's a <laughs> that's a that's a question right there. Um uh, if I could uh have my wish, it would be that the music style would be basically uh kind of this, you know, synth rock, uh basically the kind of stuff that I that I do on these albums as opposed to like a, some sort of like an orchestral thing or something like that. Right. Just cause I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more, I'm, I think I'm better suited to do that kind of thing. And so that music kind of fits a number of genres of games. So really I, you know, honestly, I couldn't tell you like a specific thing other than that, uh, other than the style of music really. 
No, but that's actually a really good answer because that's not a style that you often hear. So, because mm. I know there were certain RPGs, I'm trying to think of what series was it. Was it maybe Star Ocean? I know at least one of the games in that series, like the music kind of played a little bit more like in a heavy synth. But I, I know usually with me, like RPGs tend to go orchestral, but I'd yeah. be totally down for something closer to this style. <laughs> yeah. Um, RPGs are the, you're right. Um, especially nowadays, you know, a lot of game music kind of takes the cue from, uh, from film music. So it just kind of goes straight for the orchestral stuff. But, uh, the, you're right. The composer for Star Ocean, I believe that whole series, he's kind of a progressive rock guy himself. Right. I, I couldn't tell you his name right now. I, um, I can't. I couldn't think of it either. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, too. Um, but if he's the guy that I think he is, he's a, he's like a progressive rock guy. So all the battle themes are are very uh, in that style, you know, with these like organ and and uh, different time signatures and stuff like that, which is super cool. Yeah, and I'm biased. Like, give me a synthesizer all day, every day. Like, I just need that in my ears at all times. So <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm not the person to ask because, like I said, the answer to that is always yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, me too. Cody, thank you so much for taking the time out and chatting with me. I always have a blast. And congratulations on releasing uh, another great album. And congratulations to everybody involved. You know, Jimmy, Scott, Virgil, um, Jimmy Brantley, you know, we have two Jimmys here. <laughs> yeah, two Jimmys, yeah. And to, to Marco, like everybody who was involved, and thanks to Blue Canoe for, you know, also releasing these. And definitely check out um, his other albums. You know, like I said, there's Interdependence, there's Control, Force of Nature, and also your Ludrium work. Like, you definitely are a spoil for choice there, but check it out. And uh, before we go, if people want to interact more with you, if there are any other, like, handles or sites you want to plug real quick, feel free to do so. Yeah, if you just go to my official site, um, it, it has everything that I've done, uh, including the stuff, obviously, with my dad and um, all my own just personal stuff. Just definitely, that's I think that's the place to go if you want to listen to more of my stuff. That'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good night. <laughs>